Hey everybody, welcome to Quest for Peace. I'm Ayaz Akhtar. You can see that in the upper third. Like we don't, it's not a lower third, but if you want, if I want a lower third, I can just hit like I think this button because I'm also switching the show. So if you're watching the video version, you're like, dude, why are we seeing you when your guest is talking? It's because I forgot what number to push. So I apologize about that in advance. Um, anyways, if you have never seen the show before, or if you know, uh, well, nothing about this show, this is about me trying to figure out how to be calm and peaceful and not super crazy intense like I normally am or have been in the past. And it's not just about like me just saying, hey, let me tell you some crazy stories. I was super intense, so I decided to quit my job. But we'll talk a little bit about quitting jobs, actually, in this episode. Um, it's actually about trying to figure out what would help anybody who is in my kind of situation where you're like, what, do you, what exactly do people do to be happy? What is that like? And there was a point in my life where I was just trying to figure out what is it I want? Because a lot of folks are like, you know, you get married, you have a kid, you get moved to the suburbs, you, you, you watch football on Sundays and you drink a lot of beer and you, you, know, you, you have a lawn. You, this, is, this is what your life is like. And I grew up thinking that's a good idea. And um, I found out that's not what I wanted to do. I lived in the up in upstate New York. I've lived in lots of different areas that didn't exactly uh, appeal to me. But that was the American dream that was like plastered into my head for years. So it took me a while to figure certain things out because I also was rejecting it as I was being told it. So for the past bunch of years, I've been trying to figure out how to be happy. Um, and I'm a lot better at it now. So if you're watching this show and you're like, I'm not happy, well, then you can maybe you can take solace in the fact that it takes work to be happy. Or if you're happy and you're like, I want to watch somebody who suffered, you're a jerk. No, I'm just kidding. Anyway, so today uh, we're going to do an interview with a friend of mine. You might know him from Podcast Without Pretense. He is the, uh, usually he's the funniest guy in the last segment of the show. His name is Eric Sandine. Eric, how's it going? Hey, good. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good today. Now, you were supposed to be on in a previous bunch of episodes, but you kind of died for some reason. Are you feeling I, better? I yeah, I flew back from San Francisco, and and I'm kind of one of those people. I never get sick, so like when I get sick, it's just horrible. So like, I flew back from San Francisco, and the next day was just like I had the worst cold I've ever had. <laughs> so if people don't know who you are, what you do, could you tell them who you are and what you do? Uh yeah. Um. So I'm Eric Sandine. I work for. So now I work for a company called Cambly in San Francisco. I do a lot of their um, support and uh, problem fixing, talking to customers, talking to our tutors, uh, writing documentation. Um, I've kind of done a lot of different things from, you know, talking to customers and support and sales to like code and whatever. Um, and and, and that there's a little bit of a technology hobby in there too, so... What is, what is your, your degree in, by the way? I don't know if I even know that. I, my degree is in psychology. Your degree is in psychology. And you, yep. I guess well, if you talk to customers, you kind of need that. But um, mm. Okay, so you have done a lot of job hopping, like me. If you look at my resume, if you'll go to my LinkedIn right now, you'll see that um, the longest I've ever kept a job, and I'm sure this has cost me a lot of other jobs, was approximately three years. And that was the longest I've held the job. I'm 30, I'll be 36 this year, so I'm going to be pretty old. So you'd think I would have a career going, but <laughs> I kind of do now, I think. I think I've, I've, I've found a nice place to be. So um, I find that very valuable in my happiness. Eric, can you talk about your job or your career experience and, and why would you change jobs as so often as you do? Spoiler, just spoil that right there. 
you know, I, I don't think I've changed. I guess I've changed pretty often. Um, probably, probably the max has been the job I had in college when I worked for the Forest Service. So, uh, so yeah, it was probably longest. Um, you know, I think uh, part of the job hopping is like I tend to work for small companies and like startups and things. So that's kind of inherent in there, right? Um, you know, when you're when you're working for a, a startup or something like that, you you never know what's coming. So sometimes, you know, you're not really quitting. You're just like, well, kind of need to find another job now, you know. Um, but yeah, uh, uh, I don't know. Um, I guess I guess the job hopping is a lot of happiness when it comes down to it. Um, finding something that's that's kind of fun, but that that that's also why I like working for small teams and startups. Is you know, I, I like having a really small team where things are like moving fast and, and interesting and there's new problems to solve constantly. Um, and that's why like when I, when I was working for, uh, the forest service, when I was in college, you know, I, I just worked in an office and it was a standard cubicle office job. And that's, that's initially when I decided I could never work that job. Like it was, <laughs> you know, it, it was fine. It paid well, but I was bored, you know, like sitting for, Eight eight hours a day, just doing fifty percent of the time nothing. Um, it's just monotonous and things like that, and that's why, yeah, I, I could never work like a government job again. Um, so, is any fear in changing jobs? Because I mean, the, I would think the Forest Service would be very steady, good benefits. Um, uh, pretty much, like you're saying, half the day you're not doing anything. A lot of people find that. At least I've been told that people enjoy that, and I, I'm not one of those people. I need yeah. to be utilized every single second I'm there. Do you have any fear when it comes to going from one company to the other, and maybe even when you're going to startups, considering, as you mentioned, the nature of them, not exactly steady? <laughs> yeah. Um, and I mean, I guess, I guess that fear is super interesting to me, right, is, is because there, there's something new to do. There's a new problem to solve. That's awesome. Um, but, you know, there, there's always fear. So, um my most recent job switch, you know, I've worked uh, remote for a, like a year and nine months, right? In in this office, the one you see, um, and now I'm going from living in Albuquerque, working remotely, to moving to San Francisco and working in an office. So that's actually like a huge jump. You know, not only is it like a city jump, but it's also moving from you know being in my house every day um, to you know, commuting to an office, which I actually did last week. But, um, yeah, there's always, there's always a lot of fear, you know, especially, um, meeting a new team of people that you don't know, you know, you show up for the first day of work and you expect that you're working, but you don't really know exactly what you're doing or who you're supposed to interact with or how things work, you know? So like, that's what I fear the most is figuring out like, who is everybody? How do they work? Like, what kind of jokes can I make to this guy that won't offend him? Like, where, where can we find some sort of you know, weird, uh, or, or, or common ground between how to interact with each other. Like that's, that's really like my big fear on, honestly, like the moving and going into an office, that's the easy part, you know? Okay. So could you explain why it's an easy part for you? Because I, I would think for a lot of people that would kind of scare them a little bit more than the eventual HR concerns, because that, that is an issue. <laughs> uh, but yeah, how, how, do you have any, any inclination to why that would be the case for you? Because it seems like that would be I don't want to say abnormal, but it seems like that's that would be a problem a lot yeah. of people would have. I mean, I think I think for me the um, the moving part of it and and all of that is. I mean, of course, it's it's like you know scary as hell uh, moving a couple thousand miles. 
uh, and finding a place to live and all of that. But, but that stuff to me is actually kind of exciting, you know, like just as exciting as starting a new job, things like that. Um, it's scary as hell, but for me, the direct, like directly interacting with a new team and figuring out how everything works is, is, um, is like a little bit more nerve wracking for me, I guess, just because, you know, moving from, you know, a team of six people who, you know, everybody, and you've been talking to them daily for a year and a half. And then, yeah, now there's this new group of people who you, who I don't even know. Um, I don't know any of their backgrounds and I have to now interact with them daily as well. So, you know, I, I feel like that learning curve is, is steeper for me. Like, um, figuring out who those people are and how to interact with them is steeper for me than like just being like, oh, now I live here, I get on the train here, and I go to the office there. Like that, that's all mechanical, you know, um, at least the way, the way it works in my brain, I guess. That's a, that's a very interesting way to put it. It's like, okay, well, if, if, I, if I go to this one location to the next, there's only so many ways this can work. It's like I, I, get, I get from A to B, right. there's only like three options. I have to pick one instead of being like, I don't know anywhere. I don't know anything. I don't know anything about this place. I have not lived here. I don't know what part of towns are bad. Although San Francisco pretty well known state of the mission district. Uh, actually yeah. mission mission's not so bad. It's the uh, tenderloin. Stay the hell out of there. Um, unless you really want to be harassed. Unless, yeah. I mean, maybe you find it to be a problem to solve. I have no idea I, when it comes to that, <laughs> that idea. So what, what makes you so driven to, to keep doing this? Because, um, it doesn't, it's not steady. Uh, you yeah. obviously, you have, well, what, what's your end goal? What, what are you trying to get at? And, and is, and do you think achieving it will make you happy? Because I, I've got some stuff to talk about with that. Sure. I mean, my, my end goal for a lot of this stuff is, is, um, you know, so the reason it makes me happy is because I, I really like working with small teams and I really like being able to do multiple different jobs, you know? Um, and, and, the thing that startups or small companies or things like that let you do is like if when, when you start move into a company and there's only eight people, it means all of those eight people are doing five or six different jobs. You know, so, so your, your job description changes a lot. What you get to do during the day changes a lot. You know, you can directly talk to somebody, you know, if you need something to happen, you just talk to, you know, the developer who's sitting right across from you or the CEO who's sitting next to you or, or whatever. So you get to, you get to move really fast and, um, and figure out problems really fast. Um, and of course switch around into, you know, different modes of thinking daily. Um, and that makes it super interesting to me. Like that's, that's ultimately why I like doing it. Um, as far as an end goal, uh, I don't know. I just, I think it's interesting. I mean, I guess the end goal is, is to, you know, make money and have a 401k or something. I don't know. <laughs> uh, for, for, <laughs> For me, it's it's more. I'd rather, you know, I, I like the learning experience of doing all of these different things. And ultimately, for me, it would be, you know, uh, starting my own company to solve like problems that I have, you know, um, mechanical problems, programmatic problems, things like that, um, you know. And and I kind of do some of that stuff like on the side to keep myself busy and to keep myself happy. You know, like I wrote a little um, one of the projects I've been working on is a little podcast distribution API. Because the thing that sucks about podcasts is they're, it's crappy to publish them. You know, like you have to have a WordPress blog or you have to have some special software or whatever. And there's got to be an easier way to do it. So like, you know, solving simple problems like that is, is, is what I like doing anyway. So working for a small company is an easy way for me to do that during the day too. So, so how did you go from psychology into 
I guess, technology. Is it, is it, was it like your hobby that you turned into a job or what? Yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah, psychology was super interesting to me, so I studied that in college. And then I realized, oh, shit, I probably should have studied computer science. That probably would have been a better idea. But, it, but at the time, it was more of my hobby. So it was what I did in my spare time and taught myself how to do things. Um, and then, you know, pretty much realized that I didn't want to go get a PhD in psychology. So that wasn't going to go anywhere. Um, and yeah, just kind of started working, started doing it. That's it. Yeah. It was, it was mainly just a hobby. It's, you know. How do you turn a hobby into a job? I mean, I, I've obviously done it a bunch of times. Yeah. <laughs> my background has nothing to do with uh, being on camera. It has nothing to do with talking. It has nothing to do with um, actually well, computers. talking a little bit. Well, I mean, in law, you learned a little bit about talking, at least the phrasing, not necessarily presenting. Because in, 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 yeah. in law school, it didn't matter how you said something. Okay, you could sound, I mean, in some respects, you have to sound respectful to, to a professor or a person of authority but apart from that you could have you could have some weirdness to, about you and it didn't matter it wasn't like wow you talk funny or you say something strange or you're talking too quickly it's more like is that the right answer yes it is right. and that's at the end yeah. of that so yeah so how how do you get from a hobby into a job such that what how much background did you have did you have to explain like how did you how did your resume have to work to get that first gig because it, it seems like for I think a lot of people out there, if they're like me and they were they were told lawyer or doctor, to have yeah. an interest and be like, oh, I've been doing this for years, I had to do stuff on my own just to prove I could do it. To say that's how I figured out how mm. to make a hobby into a job. Because unless you do do the work, if you don't build the body of work, one, you won't get any better, and two, no one's going to take you seriously because if you never show actual uh, initiative in doing it, they're not going to believe you. So how did you do it? Yeah. Um... I mean, I guess it's kind of weird. Uh, like, you know, even even my my first job with the uh, when I was working for the for I mean, that wasn't my first job, but you know, realish one, I guess. When I was working for the Forest Service, um, a lot of it was that I I was the youngest person in the office, so when something needed to get done, they would on a computer, they would just ask me, right? Um, and that kind of evolved into me developing systems for them to do things like I'm getting in there and writing SQL queries against the federal government's financial database and things like that. Um, so that's kind of like the doing work part. Um, and then after that, just, you know, I think a lot of early on what I was doing was, was kind of, um, I was working jobs that, that weren't necessarily hiring me for my technical ability. But then once I was there, they were like, Oh crap. Uh, you know, no, you should actually be doing this instead, you know, um, and, and that kind of, you know, that, that happens to me at like lots of different jobs. Um, you know, I started at Cambly last week and I initially went in and, and was, you know, solving tickets and stuff. And then the, you know, two days in, I'm already like writing in their code base and, and pushing code out. Um, it's just a matter of kind of getting in there and especially, especially in tech, it's, it's like, yeah, just, just do it, and if you're working a job where they they have needs for things like that, or or even simple tasks or something like that, if it's programming or whatever, just like writing it while you're doing nothing, because even even jobs where you're working constantly, you still have downtime where you could be writing like some scripts to make your job easier or or whatever, you know. Um, and sometimes a lot of it is just writing those little things and then people notice them and they go, oh, well, he can do X, Y, and Z now. So why, 
why don't we have him do that instead of this dumb thing he was working on? Um, but it's also a lot of reaching out to people. Like I, I, you know, um, the way I met Ayaz was by randomly emailing Randall um, when he was working for CNET. Uh, and then we worked on things together and then he started a company and then I was talking to him and I worked for that company. So like sometimes it's just a matter of randomly reaching out to people and being like, Hey, can I, can I help you with this or, or something like that? That's how I got into video. Uh, same way, like not just with Randall, but what I, I was doing a, an audio podcast and then I saw, uh, this, uh, this guy I'd seen on a network and he, his name is Will Harris and he was running this thing called channel flip. So on the top right corner was, uh, do you make video uh, contact us? And at that time I didn't. So actually, no, we made like two or three really terrible episodes. Actually, a video. I remember this now. There was, if you look online, I think Daily Motion is, still might be there. There's a a terrible infomercial spoof of this straw because I always thought I love infomercials because mm. I I just I just find them to be a fascinating piece of art form. It's ridiculous. How do you talk about one product for half an hour and continuously try to ramp up the sale as it's going? I find this to be fascinating. I'm like, how? Well, is- that's kind of like podcasting. Uh, I guess I was like, it gets like to a feverish end. We get like a little countdown timer that says you got to order now because the supplies are limited or whatever it may be. And so, um, I was doing some little crappy video work and I saw this option like, Oh yeah, send us videos if you want. So I did. And they're like, cool, we want you on. And I watched that stuff back now or fairly recently. And I'm embarrassed out of my mind how bad it is or how quickly I'm talking, how the audio is bad. Technically wise, a technique is not there. Uh, like the raw talent is there. I, I can see it. I'm like, oh, that guy could be good if he'd slowed the hell down. Um, right. and, or like it'd be better if they had done, they, 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 they just waited that comedic beat a little longer, you know, a little bit of, uh, of, of jokes because this was also partially comedy, which is really easy to screw up. Um, and so that's how I got into doing video podcasts. And I liked doing it so much that while I was doing an editor job at this place called Gadgetel, I I interviewed this guy named Randall Bennett, and he was um, he was this this fun guy. He was at CNET. I'm like, okay, I kind of know. I've heard of this guy. And eventually, he he asked me on to his show a couple of times. It's called Tech V. And then he's like, "You're good. Can you can you work for me?" And I was like, "What? What do you mean? Like, I what do you mean work for you?" He goes, "Well, you'd be on every day. You'd be doing video every day. And you know, what do you want to do with your life?" And I was like. Well, I want, I want to do video. So, okay. He's like, well, you do video now? I'm like, well, a little bit once a week or so and doing another side project. He goes, well, is this what you want to do? So the company I'd worked for was, was bought by a magazine company called Napco. So I could be part of a larger system. So I get bought from this little small company to this large company. They take us to Philadelphia. They, they request our presence in Philadelphia. They have all the editors show up because there are three or four verticals. And um, we go into this 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 room. We meet these like highfalutin guys. They own like the eleventh floor in this beautiful Philadelphia building. And I'm like, like we have to give a presentation. I wasn't aware we get a presentation. What's our what's our idea? So like I come up with the presentation like on the fly, and then they they like my ideas. I'm like, this is great. And so like the next day, I quit to go to Randall's thing. <laughs> and so they're like, wait, what happened? Why did you quit? And I'm like, well, I don't think I can do what you want me to do here because it's just not. Because once it got bigger, I was like, I don't want to do bigger. I, I like what you're talking about there. The smaller places, in theory, um, you could actually have a give and take. Then I worked at another small place. 
that didn't work out so well. Um, so that's how Eric and I know each other. You seem like you're a really chill guy in general. Again, like I've said on this show before, people who are guests on this program are usually friends of mine. So uh, if they've known me for any amount of time, they have to be reasonably relaxed because there's no way on earth any human being who is as wound tight as I am would be hanging out with me because that would be insane. So why are you so chill? Or am I completely wrong about that? Are you like an intense person? Do you get frustrated, obsessed? What do you, what do you like uh, when you're not what appears to be? Nice and, and, and like yeah. Midwestern, like even though you're not from the Midwest. Midwestern. You come off like a Midwestern guy. <laughs> not, that's not uh, an insult. I meant like you know, all American boy. Like, hey, isn't it a nice guy? He's a nice guy. All right, I'll I'll not take that as an insult. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to uh, insult you, Baltimore. But uh, no, I I mean I guess I'm I I can be high strung. I um I don't know. I, I'm 50 50 on it. I get, I do, I like, I do get frustrated with things a lot. Um, but usually it's things that I'm like forcing myself to get frustrated about or like things that I'm working on, things like that. Um, but, uh, for the most part, I don't think I'm like super like tightly wound. Um, I also just am, I can be really passive about things, I guess. Um, you know, like, like I have to move from here to San Francisco. And I, I think, I think a lot of the things um, when I deal with things like that is I turn them into mechanical things. Like I, I just turn them into like, well, this is just a problem that needs to be solved. And there's only so many solutions to this problem. So, you know, I kind of just go through, figure out what the best one is. I like, you know, um, I also like to go hiking. I exercise, uh, <laughs> try to eat right. Um, like I, I actually think that that makes me, uh, more chill, you know, as I go. Um, yeah, actually eating right is, is a huge one. Like I was in San Francisco last week and of course, like I'm staying in an Airbnb, so there's no way for me to make food. And that like gets to me cause I just feel unhealthy as I'm going through it. But yeah. Yeah. Exercise definitely plays a large part in the way my mental health goes. If I don't, yeah. if I don't exercise for a while, if I don't walk, uh, when I'm sick, it's even more, like when I'm sick, that's basically, I want to destroy everything because like i'm <laughs> sick i can't do anything my body won't let me i still have responsibilities uh I, I i i physically am incapable of doing what i should be able to do and then you're just you're barely eating at least when i'm sick and yeah. it's just it's a nightmare so for me exercise has been a huge part of staying sane because like the amount of like here's, here's something i never understood i actually never knew before like fairly recently and i'm 35 now and this was this this secret just came to me like what the past like couple months when you when you're healthy when you exercise like crazy like you're you just feel good like oh yeah for no freaking reason no it's awesome (laughs) i well that's like i um i let's see it's been i don't know almost nine months or something uh because i used to smoke right and Mm -hmm. that's horrible and then i quit smoking and i'm like you know a a month in i'm like wait, wait 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 this is supposed to be how you feel because this feels great. Um, <laughs> like, this this is it? This is what people are talking about? Okay, got it. Um, but yeah, like, I, you know, it's, it's, but it's the same thing, yeah, with, with, with exercise and things like that, you know. Um, yeah, just, just even doing simple crap during the day, walking or being outside or whatever, it, it, it's awesome. Like, yeah. 
it's it's hard to like i didn't understand that like you, you see all this like i like i said i watch a lot of infomercials and everyone's like before and after i look great i feel great and i just i didn't understand that because i'm like what, what does that mean it literally means when you get up in the morning your back doesn't hurt you're like oh yeah that's nice when you reach down and get something you're not afraid of throwing out your back or like yeah. making a pinching a nerve because you sneezed i mean like there's a whole bunch of ridiculous things i've been through over the course of my life and i'm like Oh, you don't have to. You don't have to feel that way. And I'm like, I wonder. Well, go ahead. I mean, that's like the that's the same with um, like for me, um, uh, diet and stuff like that. You know, like, um, you know, it's it, um, it's like you know, if you eat the wrong food for lunch, that's why you get tired in the middle of the day. But like, if you eat a giant salad and like some chicken or whatever, uh, you're not tired after lunch. Like, you don't have to drink coffee after lunch. You know, that was like one of the big ones for me was like, you know, changing diet just a little bit to eat a little bit healthier and then realizing like, oh yeah, 3 p.m. is like perfectly fine. I'm still awake and my brain is still fine. I'm not tired and yawning, you know, like that, that, that was a huge one for me is, is getting to that point and being like, oh yeah, if you just don't eat crappy food, you, you, you feel great. Like even if you don't exercise, it doesn't matter. But yeah, like that was a huge one. Yeah, and and it might sound like we're trivializing being happy, but like if you can do this on a day by day basis, and then <laughs> like you just wake up and you feel good, and you just it, it, stuff doesn't get to you as quickly. At least in my experience, that's what's, what's happened. You know, people yeah. can have they can be inconsiderate or rude, and I'm just like, I bet that guy's having a bad day. Versus going, <laughs> that guy, I'm gonna kill that person. If I find him again, I will. I'm gonna take a nickel, just push it through his brain. That's what I'm gonna do because I've seen yeah. it once in a movie. Uh, but yeah, uh, it's it's a small thing that uh, if you can do this stuff, if you can exercise, if you can eat right, day by day, days are better, just regularly yeah. better. So definitely well, recommend that. And so getting into like the helpfulness of like how to do that, like for me is always like a feedback thing, right? So like I have a Fitbit um, and I, you know, um, for me, like, uh, when I was quitting smoking, I used an app that would tell me like, this is how many days, this is what, you know, your body's doing, you know, things like that. Um, like just the, 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 and this is coming from the, the psychology part, which is just, just forcing yourself to have an interaction with like the things around you is going to make them better. Right. So it's kind of like the simple, there's a, there's a simple way to like, uh, eat less. Right. So if you're, if you just want to eat less, you know, a simple way to do that doesn't really take much. It's take a picture of your food before you eat. Just do that every time. You don't even have to look at that picture ever again. But the simple fact that you are you're putting some barrier up before you do something will make you think, oh, well, maybe next time I shouldn't get the fries or whatever. But, but making some sort of barrier there where it forces your brain to actually think about it before you do it is, is kind of a really cool way to do that. And the great thing about the fact that all of us have smartphones and, and devices everywhere and we can track everything is that, you know, for me, I'm, I'm a data-driven person. So, like, being able to track things, like, is, is hugely beneficial to me, you know, knowing, like, how many steps I've taken, whether or not I exercised, and, and being able to graph it out, things like that. Uh, like, I have, a, I have a Withings, why things? I don't know how they pronounce it. Uh, scale, you know, one of the Wi-Fi scales that does like body fat and whatever. And it's horribly inaccurate when it comes to body fat measurements, but it's still a data point and that makes it useful because you can still see a trend on a graph. Um, like that's, that's, that's my hack for those things. If, if you like data and stuff like that, I recommend you find some app that works for you. Um, cause honestly, 
they they help and they also make you happy because you're getting that feedback back that's telling you like oh I'm doing the right thing or oh like look look at how much money I've saved or you know et cetera et cetera I don't know if you, do you use anything like that IS uh, that I do I just actually went to the chat room by accident I didn't know that was even <laughs> on, the, on the thing there so sorry Sweet. about that guys or or, or or you're welcome I have no idea for me for tracking I don't have uh, any Fitbit or anything like that I used to use a Misfit Flash for about three or four months, it was like on sale around Christmas time. It was like 25 bucks. I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll try this because I work at CNET. So I, uh, right next to me are all of the wearables. And like, I yeah. know about like yeah. the upside and downside. Are those things at you constantly? Like- <laughs> Basically, because I constantly see them and I'm like, okay, so I know like the good sides about them, the downsides about them. And I'm just, I can't commit to uh, a Fitbit because like it doesn't work with Apple Health yet. And I don't want, I want something uh-huh. that kind of works with everything. So the Misfit thing worked for a while, and then after a while, it's basically stopped tracking. So I'd be doing like some crazy exercises. I I do Insanity, which is or Insanity Max, right. which is a heavy cardio. So there's a lot yeah. of running in place. There's a lot of burpees. There's a lot of jumping. There's a lot of uh, push-ups. This thing told me I'd walked ten steps, and I'm like, wait a minute. That's I mean that's you know I I have I, there's problems with that with the Fitbit and things like that, but I I just don't use it for tracking exercise at that point. Like because yeah, it doesn't. It's it's horrible at tracking exercise. The new one has a heart rate monitor in it, though. But yeah, like I totally see what you're saying. Like none of them are good or perfect, or yeah. It worked for a while though. It actually did a decent job, and it was like I mean, it's it's a glorified pedometer. That's all I wanted. I wanted yeah. just something that I don't need uh, a thing that says move. I don't need a thing that buzzes me. I don't really need. I mean, I wouldn't mind right. that, I guess. But I didn't need that. What what I really I do have the same scale. Though. I think it's. I think it is Wythings. Wythings Aria yeah. scale. It does provide data points. I like having that. Even though, like, one day, like, how did I gain seven pounds in a day? Yeah, it's not super accurate. <laughs> it's not. So then the thing is, I'm, I just think, okay, day by day, I'll keep weighing myself, and this will be an outlier point. Uh, yep. I actually use something called Coach.me, which used to be called Lyft, L-I-F-T, not the, uh, not the, the car sharing site. But it's basically a place where you can track any goal. You just type in a goal, and it gives you, like, a little checkbox. So I have like on my exercise, uh, weigh in, and no alcohol. These are my goals. Mm-hmm. And you can have them public, you can have them private. So I, I have two of them uh, public, one of them private, figure out which one is which. And then I just, I just check in. So seeing that little thing says like, oh, look, you've checked in for the sixth day in a row. These little, the chains for me mm-hmm. actually are good reinforcement. I also use another site called Joe's Goals. It's not meant to be a shared thing, but I share it with my best friend, uh, Rob Borgese. He was on the show. Um, and we share a login. So if I see oh. him work out, I want to work out. So, and right. we have a little log for smack talk. So we'll just talk shit to each other and be like, okay, you didn't work out for three days. Are you dead? Like, that's, uh, I, I do that with the Fitbit app too. Uh, like, a couple of my friends are on there and, and, like the cool thing about the Fitbit app is it has the uh, it has like challenges, mm-hmm. so you can do like a weekly challenge with like uh, you know your friends. And so one of my friends actually lives like out in Portland, um, so I don't actually see him, but we do. We'll do challenges on the Fitbit like weekly or daily or whatever, um, and kind of make fun of each other uh, whenever he forgets to put his on after a shower and comes up with zero for the day. But <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> that that seems a little bit unfair. I guess it'd make you wear the actual object. But yeah, for tracking though, I don't. I, I, the quantified self thing doesn't really appeal to me. The chain calendar, that yeah. that theory where you're like just seeing a streak being built, 
is worth it to me. I like seeing that. Okay, I have a streak going. I, I yeah. when I was exercising, um, I basically had a huge health kick last year at the end of the year. I decided I was going to get in shape. Um, my streak, including rest days, because this was on the calendar in Fern Sandy, so I was going to count it. Forty-eight days is as far as I got, and I was like, "That's pretty That's good." Not bad. That's pretty good. That's yeah, pretty, pretty good. Like, and the thing is, like, I I was being invited to Christmas parties and things. I'm like, I can't, I have to work out at seven o'clock. Like I, I I can't like, that's the time my neighbor and I have agreed that I can jump around like a lunatic for an hour or an hour and a half because I live in an apartment building. So there's, there's thumping going on. Oh yeah. 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 And we've actually had talks about this just because like, I want to be considerate because if I was, if I was dealing with somebody doing this and by the way, if you're my upstairs neighbor right now, I don't know what you're doing. It seems like you have a pogo stick, but (laughs) You know, I wanted I wanted to work something out. So like she knows for like an hour I'm gonna be pretty crazy. So mm. I have missed out on a lot of things. And that and that how do you deal with that, by the way? You you you've worked from home a lot. Do you have any mm-hmm. fear of missing out? Because that seems to make people get a little bit crazy. You know, it um it does. And it and uh the I guess I guess so for the last company, uh for Vidpresso when I was working from home, all of us were remote. Right. So there's, there isn't really a, a fear of missing out in that, in that instance, just because like, I mean, there's no fear of missing out at the office because there's literally no office, right? Everything that's kind of going on is going on in Slack uh, and, and things like that. Um, however, I will say like, you know, I, I would work remote again, but it was also really fun. Um, last week when I was in San Francisco working with a new team at Cambly um, going into an office because I hadn't done it for a while. And then I was like in an office and I was like, oh yeah, it's, it's, I remember being able to just look at people and be like, can you, can you fix this now? Um, and so, you know, I, I actually am kind of excited to go like back and, and work in an office, um, with, with, with the team directly. But, but if the company is like, you know, completely remote, you don't really have that fear, I guess, you know, there's, um, because everybody's just talking in in like our internal chat, or we're having a hangout, or or you know whatever. Um, but then again, I I don't think I really have that fear that much anyway. I, I don't I don't tend to care what other people are doing that much. Um, <laughs> how how do you, how do you do, how do that? I do that? I mean, like, look, a lot of people <laughs> face this. I'm not. This is not a this is not a a, a, a yeah. fake thing. You know about this? The idea that people see these very curated Facebook feeds or Twitter feeds or Instagram feeds, and they're like. Wow, these guys are living it up, and I'm working out, or I'm making a protein shake, or I'm walking a dog, um, and these are all things I have thought. And I'm just like, yeah, but I don't you like walking a dog? Like that? That sounds like a happy thing. That's a happy thing to me, at least. So. Exactly. The concept for me was like, but I want to do these things. So right, and they <laughs> make like- me not crazy. So that's good. So. Don't worry about it because if you're actually doing something that makes you happy, that's not a bad thing. Um, right. But yeah, so back to that. So do you have any advice since you were in, in uh, your, you have a psychology degree. Do you have any advice for people when it comes to that? Uh, when it comes to ignoring other people? Well, uh, I, I, guess, I guess, I guess the positive yeah, way is saying uh, that not yeah, worrying. Uh, <laughs> yes. Ignoring people. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, it's, uh, it, we all kind of know that Facebook is 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 bad for us anyway, right? If we're just staring at it constantly, it's it's not the best idea. And it, and and you also have to realize that people are only posting the great things that are happening. There are those few people on your friend feed, I'm sure, 
who are posting really depressing crap because there's always somebody. But for the most part, everybody's posting happy pictures of, of things like that. And it, it's easy switch to Twitter, number one. Uh, Twitter's a little bit easier to deal with. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I, I, like, I don't know. Um, I, I, there's always a lot of events going on. You're not going to be able to make it to any of them. Uh, you'll make it to, like, one-tenth of one percent of all the events that you're invited to during a year or whatever or that are happening that are public. And... You just got to pick the ones that look interesting and make you happy and ignore the rest and mostly ignore uh, what people are posting on Facebook. And, and also just be happy for the pe- what people are doing. Um, like I guess that helps a little bit too is, is just being happy for people and, and what they're doing and where they are and things like that. Um, you're talking about empathy? Guess, like actually being happy for them for doing something? You, you can do it without being uh, <laughs> without actually being happy for them. I guess. I guess you would have no ill will. I guess that'd be the closest thing. Yeah, like yeah, um, yeah. I guess I just don't care that much. That's that's really it. I don't know that's how to impressive. explain to people to do that. You have you have a you have a, some kind of natural apathy that makes you immune to a number of issues people deal with, which is great. <laughs> so good for yeah. you on that one. What, what do you do when you're stressed? By the way, I mean, you said you go hiking and things, but like when you're stressed, what exactly do you do to work that out? Um. Uh, you know, hiking around is always a good one. Uh, I, I, uh, I don't know. I, I play video games, which I know you hate. Um, <laughs> that's not true. Uh, I, don't, I don't hate video games. We'll get into I, that in a second. Um, but yeah, like, I, you know, I'll play games. I'll do things like that. Um, I will go, um, you know, it, especially working remote, um, getting out of the house uh, is, was sometimes a, kind of a big deal. Luckily, they built a brewery a block away from my house. So I will just go and sit at the bar and have a beer and, and, you know, talk to people or, or bring my laptop and read or something like that. Yeah. I, I, like I don't have a go-to, uh, stress strategy. I probably should, but I don't. For a while I would like play guitar. Like I played guitar since I was 17. And then when I would get, if I was in a mood or something, I'm like, I'm just going to work it out on this guitar. I'm going to figure out something. And then before you know it, I'd be sitting there for hours, like trying to make a track, a four-track track. So like, I'm, here's two guitars and a bass and, and a drum track. I'm like, okay, good. Now I got a song. I don't know what to do with this. So I have like a backlog right. of these things. I'm like, well, this is this is how I used to work it out. But I'm like, this is also really time-consuming. That was one of the things why I actually stayed away from video games was that when I was playing Xbox, like so the last like game system where I was really actively playing was I'd say the Xbox slash the PS One. That's what I was playing quite regularly with my brother and what we would do is we would have like a halo and i'm spatially inept okay so there's a map and i can't read it for anything so my brother's like just follow me so i'd waste hours and hours in this game eventually i got better i'm not totally spatially inept now but i'm a little bit better uh and i was finding with video games in general i was spending and losing so much time per day just because i wasn't paying attention to the time i was having a lot of fun I get frustrated, but I'm also very obsessive. So if I lose, I'm going to figure out how to do it. And this isn't like oh, I'd look up and you know strategy guides or something. Like I would just keep playing until I'd figure it out. And that could take a long time or it could be a short while. But I would know that I was losing a lot of time for other things I should be doing. So over the years, I kind of pulled it back because I was like, 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 like I'm saying, walking a dog might be a little bit more important than getting an yeah. achievement. You know, actually exercising because that's, it'll create a whole bunch of, you know, positive things in my brain 
Maybe mm-hmm. I should do that. I'm not saying that people who play games don't play don't exercise. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying I would be one of those people who would pick pick a game over an exercise because yeah, yeah. like it's so much easier for me to be like, well, if I sit here and I use this controller, I have a beer. I'm very happy. <laughs> but then again, yeah. I'm also going to weigh like 500 pounds, and I, I I'm not going to be happy right. about that. Yeah, um, it's 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 hard figuring out that trade off. Uh, you know, I mean. And and for me, even even the games I play are like I like I don't play anything online or anything like that. Generally, they're you know story driven games like top down RPGs. Like I just started Fallout Two again. You know, um, I, I like a game that I can sit there and like pretty much I'm sitting there and reading with random battles in the middle. Um, so yeah, and and I like that. I like I like. The like that to me is like the fun escape of games. Like you know, playing playing online or playing like uh, uh, first person shooters or something just doesn't do it for me because I want to sit there and read a story or, or something like that that I can actually get into some sort of universe for. So I think I was playing Call of Duty once and I'm like, this is amazing. This is just like, <laughs> and I was like, I can never touch this again. It's uh, built to do that though. That's what's interesting about those games. It was like yeah, all the flashing lights and levels. It and, was phenomenal. Yeah. I was just like, this this looks amazing. And then I, I I've actually been to E3 once, and I was playing a, I want to say a Hitman game. I'm like, this is also amazing. I'm like yeah. strategizing and I'm trying to figure out the scope because it's kind of moving around a little much. And I'm like, I'm never gonna see the outside again. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, maybe if I lived in a, in, a, in a more boring place, or if I had less dogs, or if I had. Um, some kind of crazy metabolism. Maybe I'd get into that again. But I just, okay. I, I also like sleeping. <laughs> you know, just these these silly things. Um, what else should I ask you before I kick you out of here? Like, I I had a quick one. So here's a happiness one for me that I just thought of because uh, there was there was some uh, anyway. Um, but uh, one of the things that I really like, uh, just like kind of one of those like taking time out of the day things is um, I two years probably longer than two years ago um started shaving with like a double-edged razor right so like a double-edged safety razor um and i also have a couple straight razors too but the interesting thing for me about that was first of all it's it's a cool thing to learn it's like immensely cheaper and you get a better shave but the thing that was interesting for me about it is like you know i used to use an electric razor when you would just walk around the house like this or whatever and the nice thing about using obviously i haven't really shaved today but the nice thing about using like a double edge razor is you have to take a little bit of time and a little bit of care to shave um like in the morning or whatever so so you know eventually it'll take you about 5 minutes or 6 minutes to do but it's still kind of nice that you know it's one of, it's one of those times that like during the course of a day you're actually taking that time back because you're just sitting there doing something um, and not rushing around trying to do something else, you know, like, which, which when you're using like a different type of like quick safety razor or something like that, you can pretty much make mistakes constantly and you won't make yourself, you know, bleed out. But, um, but anyway, like using the double edge is one of the things that I like. I, I like it because it gives you that time back during the day. Um, so yeah, that's, that's, that was my quick one. So kind of like being like doing a ritual that's just for yourself that exactly that requires your concentration. I mean, in some degrees, that's kind of like what you could do with meditation. You could do that mm-hmm. with pretty much anything. I, I was talking to Mary Jo Foley about this, and she was talking about having routines, and that's actually what keeps you know, keeps some calmness in general as well. Yep. But yeah, taking that time out to do something that 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 you want to do in the course of a day is really big. It's it's funny because uh, Liz got into making bubble tea. You know about bubble tea? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Okay. So like where we live right now, there's no bubble tea places. And how do you make it? Don't you just buy the, the beads? Shit, or, it's the beads. Or? And there's a whole, there's a whole series of stuff that happens apparently, oh, but it does right. take a lot of time. So like you gotta, I guess you gotta make the tea and you gotta cool the tea and you gotta yeah. make the, the actual bubble things, which are tapioca, I, yeah. I guess. Um, so you can tell I've, I've had like one bubble tea my <laughs> whole life, but she's told me how much she enjoys the entire process of doing that. And I'm like, Yep. Why? That's a lot of work. But she's like, but yeah, I like it though. And I'm like, okay, I get it. And she's like, it's super chill when she does it. It's like, okay, she's she's starting up the t- the tea, and I'm like, this tea smells funny. And then she's like, shut up. No, she just says, <laughs> no. But that's that that ritual thing is actually, I think that's actually been that's been a new trend on these latest episodes. That to do this small thing per day, uh, I've also been trying to figure out what makes me happy on a daily basis, and just do that mm. thing. And I'm like, yeah. right now. That's exercise. As much as I don't like right. doing it when I'm doing it, I'm always happier after. When I'm like, yay, I did it. Even though I feel like I'm dying, but whatever. Anyway, Eric, any more uh, parting words and or do you want to promote anything before we say goodbye? Uh, parting words? I don't know. Just uh, ignore other people. You'll be happy. Um, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> other than that, uh, what, what what can I promote? I pretty much PWP show on you know GFQ. You can watch it sometimes on Wednesdays uh, at what is it ten thirty? It's eight thirty oh, uh, Eastern. And I don't know what's going to happen yeah. when you move. Oh, it's gonna. I I think that's totally going to be fine, actually. So okay. Um, but yeah, uh, that's about it. Um, if you want to check out what I'm working on now, and you're an English tutor, you can go to Cambly, C A M B L Y. <laughs> And that's, uh, you know, you can sign up and teach people English. That's kind of neat. It's pretty neat, actually. <laughs> well, Eric, thanks for being on. They can follow you on Twitter, Sandman Sandine, where he writes uh, yep. all kinds of things, retweets funny things every now and then. And um, so, guys, that's going to bring it close to this episode. I've been Ayaz Akhtar. You can follow me on Twitter, at Ayaz. You could uh, email this show if you want to, quest at gfqnetwork.com. So if you've got, like, you know, private thing you don't want to tweet out you don't have to you can also tweet the show uh at quest for peace tv it's a tiny little twitter account so feel free to tweet retweet whatever you want to do with it it's just kind of there just because i wanted a different outlet for the show because i don't like promoting um programs necessarily on my own tweet stream which probably means i'm doing social wrong but i i can that's a whole other (laughs) thing um anyway uh episodes available at gfqnetwork.com you can watch tons of uh, of interviews you can watch tons of episodes of podcast without pretense which is nothing like this program at all uh it's the opposite of calm uh there's a lot of swearing there's a lot of anger it's a it's sort of a movie review show at this point it's really bad netflix movies and uh the three of us it's eric myself and, and jonathan strickland just if the movie's bad enough we go on a tirade and yeah. if it's just bad enough we're all very very depressed so, <laughs> so anyway, that's going to wrap it up for us. Uh, thanks for watching and listening. We'll see everybody next time.